It's that time of day to throw on your favorite movie or stream the best new show. And most importantly, it's time to sit back and relax with Raisin Bran After Hours, where we take a closer look at the shows and movies you may or may not know, as well as all things creative. Hey everybody, welcome back to Raisin Brand After Hours, a Pixel Labs podcast, where we talk about uh, sort of the creative side of things. We have the other podcast, Raisin Brand, where Zach and Aaron talk about more business and marketing stuff. This is the more creative side where we talk about filmmaking and Noah's on here sometimes with me. And that's kind of like why we're on the creative side of things, because we're the creative team at Pixel Labs. So really excited to have a super talented, awesome guest. And this is my first time talking to him, actually. This, uh, we're talking to Bruce Bales today. Uh, let's just let him allow him to introduce himself here. Hey everyone, my name is Bruce James Bales. I'm a cinematographer based in Des Moines, Iowa. Grew up in the Quad Cities area of Iowa. Owner of a small production company, Deft Productions. And I do a lot of different things from music videos to narrative short films to documentaries, corporate videos, commercials, kind of run the gamut as far as uh, video production and filmmaking goes. Uh, Really excited to be here. Thanks for having me and looking forward to talking to you. Yeah, thank you for joining us and reaching out. Um, always excited to talk to filmmakers and and guests that we're not necessarily familiar with. We have a lot of you know friends and and coworkers and stuff coming here, so it's nice to have a fresh face on here and get a cool, unique perspective. So, so you mentioned you run a production company. Is that something you're doing like full time now and everything? Or I would say that I am a full time filmmaker, but I'd say <laughs> fifty to seventy percent of it now is freelance, and then the rest okay. of it is my own production company. Okay. Um, a lot of the times with my own production company, th- those will be the passion projects or the documentaries, stuff that doesn't necessarily have a budget from outside sources that either I fund or, you know, just do pro bono or for the love of it. What are some of those projects that you've been working on recently? I know I've, I've looked at uh, your reel and on your Vimeo page and it's quite a cool, extensive bunch of projects on there. So, Yeah, the latest project that I just wrapped up, uh, we wrapped filming just after Christmas, it's a uh, narrative short film called Next of Kin that's Mm -hmm. written by my good friend Marissa Vaughn, who's a native Iowan but lives in LA now. Uh, We filmed in Ottumwa, Iowa in some incredible locations and we're just finishing up um, our picture lock cut of that, which is really exciting. Um, We've been editing now for like two and a half months, so it's felt like a longer process than we usually do because honestly, we try to churn them out pretty quickly so we can move on to the next one. But right. feeling really good about this story, and we had such a great cast. The actors were so good, and it was so fun to work in these the spaces of the uh, Atumwa Courier newspaper. It was just like stuck in the nineteen seventies, nineteen eighties design style, and we didn't have to do much for production design or art direction because it was all there for us. And a project like that doesn't happen that often because a lot of times with location work. There's so much that goes into styling and making things look the way you want it. And this was something that we walked in and we were just kind of blown away at how good it was already. So yeah, uh, really excited about sharing that film with people. We'll put a trailer online and then we'll do the film festival circuit most likely uh, mm-hmm. and then have an online premiere. And you worked with that group on the show, uh, the short film knee high as well, right? Correct. Yeah. And that's kind of my core group as far as, <clears throat> Shorts go, we try to do at least one narrative short a year. The mm-hmm. pandemic slowed us down a little bit, um, but it's something that we try to do every year as a group because we just click together so well and we have such good energy and, you know, such a good vibe that we're all friends and it's like the most enjoyable kind of set or part of filmmaking for me is making those shorts with that group of people. 
Oh, definitely. Yeah, I know. I found in in my experience too that yeah, when you're working with you know people that you you don't even necessarily consider coworkers or anything like people that you can you know get along with outside of that space. You, you're definitely at the peak of your potential and creating everything. So I completely agree uh, with with that sort of setting is always kind of when the best projects seem to come about. Uh, but let, let's talk about your role within these. So you you do like cinematography and you're like usually the director of photography. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I'm usually the cinematographer, and I take the title usually of director of photography because. I'm doing the lighting schemes and helping set up all the lighting typically. And that's kind of where I offer the distinction between cinematographer and director of photography. Right. But, um, honestly, I'm kind of getting away from using that moniker and going more to cinematographer because um, as I work with more directors and better and better directors, I have like this utmost respect for their command of the set and that title that they have, like the director title. Uh, and I know it's just like, minutia you know linguistics but really i'm going by cinematographer more than anything and i typically also edit the projects um so i'm also the editor and i end up producing as well almost every project we make in some fashion whether it's you know with money or gearing gearing us up or creating us up or location so it's one of those things where i'm always wearing a couple hats um but cinematography is where my main focus is and where my passion is and where my heart is for sure. And so what of what, so what sort of drew you to that sort of uh, part of the production process over other ones? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think mysterious forces that I can't explain. I mean, <laughs> I, I ended up being the kid in my <clears throat> skating crew that filmed everything. Mm -hmm. I was the filmer. I was the guy that, that bought the camera. They got the editing software that learned the editing software. So uh, I kind of fell into it, but then once I started doing more filmmaking or video production, uh, the image and the ability to use an image to convey an emotion or a poetics um, in this unspoken, very like internal way that everyone kind of responds to differently, that immediately just fascinated me. Um, being able to speak to people without saying words, but just showing them images, whether it's it was still photography or moving images, it was something that it just clicked with me. I, I studied English literature in college. So I feel like metaphor was very strong in my head and, and just this sort of literary knowledge that cinematography is literary. It's just visual. It's, it's a visual language. And once I started figuring that out, I just became so fascinated by it. And I'm constantly making images, whether it's on my phone, on my you know 35 millimeter still camera, or with my, you know, cinema cameras. And it's something that it's a way to explore the world for me that the, it gives it more order. It gives it more sense. It, it groups things together in a way that I can understand. It is a great way to just be entranced with your surroundings. I, I feel like I'm just kind of a space case sometimes like walking around, just looking at the beauty of everything around me. And I think I have cinematography to thank for that because I'm constantly like looking at the world differently and seeing it from different perspectives. And that is something that I'm honestly pretty addicted to. I was going to say, I, I, I really enjoyed the way you put that. That sounds very literary in the way that you spoke about that and everything. And I think that definitely, it makes sense that when you talk about how you studied English literature and, and things like that. Um, and, but you're completely right about the idea of, you know, cinema containing this, you know, poetic visual language. And yeah, as you know, people behind the camera here at Pixel Labs too, I think we 
maybe not as uh, eloquently put as you, but we definitely adhere to a lot of the same, you know, principles behind, you know, capturing images and everything. And I, I wanted to point out, it's funny that you mentioned you kind of started out with skating because our, our boss, Zach, the CEO of Pixel Labs, the guy who started all this, that's, he had a very, very similar origin back in, uh, probably in the nineties. I don't know when he started, but yeah, filming skate videos. And he was the the dude who, you know, had the camera. And then it, it's interesting because I I've noticed a lot of people who get into filmmaking and, and getting behind the camera kind of start in a similar way. So that's, that's really interesting. And I, I've seen that kind of also demonstrated in some of the, the projects that you've uh, put on as well. And uh, I want to, want to talk about one of the projects. Um, I think it was called is it ultra ultra. Yeah. Uh, yeah um, the, it was about skating. If I'm correct, I watched a little bit of that on your reel. Um, was that like a passion project then? It was, it was, it was a part passion project, part um, mission. Uh, mm-hmm. My friend Caleb Smith is a sponsored rollerblader. He's sponsored by a rollerblade brand, the original rollerblade. Um, and he has started to do these long distance skates. He calls ultra skates. Mm-hmm. He's done some absolutely ridiculous feats. I mean, he skated across the state of Iowa during rag ride every single mile from the eastern side to the western side to the eastern side he skated from atlanta georgia to athens georgia back to atlanta georgia in under 24 hours that's 200 miles um very well something that no one's ever done i we don't know for sure obviously but he told me about his wishes to skate down pacific coast highway one in california from san francisco to la and i had been to big sur i've been down highway one many times and it's gorgeous I mean, it's absolutely breathtaking. It's dangerous. It's, you know, one lane road each way. So two lanes total, there's not that much of a shoulder. So I thought it was a little nuts, to be honest. I was like, <laughs> okay, cool, man. Like, I'm I'm definitely into that idea. And then he got his brand, his sponsor to, you know, put up a little bit of production money. And then we, my, my friend Spencer and I were like, yeah, we got to do this. We're, we're going to go and document as much of this, much of this as we can. Spencer's also a rollerblader. I've rollerbladed my whole life. So we really wanted to see what was possible. And I think Caleb blew us all away. His determination to to complete this and to complete it in the timeline that he had set was so inspiring, even though we weren't with him the whole time, just to talk to him throughout his journey and get sort of these updates. Um, It was one of the most inspiring stories I've ever been a part of. And so, yeah, it was definitely a passion project. We had a little bit of help, but it ended up being, you know, just the most amazing experience watching your friend overcome this like monumental physical barrier. <laughs> um, right. It it's a very special project to me, and working with Spencer and working with Caleb's partner Bambi, who's also a, a sponsored skater. You know, everyone just had such a good perspective on what we were doing that I felt like. It, we were all just able to enjoy the process and, and, and look at it from like a true documentary standpoint where we were just watching this unfold and documenting it the best we could. Um, and that's also freeing because like the narrative side is so like rigid and like structured. And this was just like point a camera at what you think is beautiful and capture something that says something for the story we're telling. And I think that was, you know, an amazing experience I'll never forget. So mm-hmm. No, I can't imagine. Yeah, the the medium of documentary, I think, is is definitely very freeing in general, but especially in in the circumstances that you talk about and everything. Uh, so I, I want to get into when you're when you're making these projects, though, uh, you talk very, you know, 
specifically and you have all these like kind of you know visions and and the way you see things why would you what would you say is your inspiration when it comes to how you capture things that's a great question uh i think that inspiration changes and fluctuates uh you know daily weekly monthly yearly because of what i'm being influenced by or what i'm ingesting outside of my own work um I'm mainly inspired by just other human beings and the emotions that they bring forth and the stories that they bring forth. I think everybody has a story to tell. Um, and I think there's stories in a lot of places where we don't look for stories necessarily, or where the bigger industry doesn't look for stories. So I'm, I'm interested in that. I mean, I'm inspired by people that don't get the do that they, you know, the, the, the shine that they deserve, you know, their moments to tell their story. I'm fascinated by, underdogs by people who are overlooked Uh, i'm fascinated by people overcoming themselves overcoming physical barriers mental barriers Um, those are all huge inspirations to me and i'm I'm really inspired by just other people and i love watching people i love watching their mannerisms how they move how they talk how they walk and really for narrative filmmaking trying to like recreate that and make it feel as real as possible while telling this story is something that um keeps me going again and again, but on a, on a personal level, I mean, literature's very inspiring to me, reading, painting, photographs, my friends, um, without sounding like egotistical, I'm inspired to myself. I think about my childhood. I think about experiences I've had, things I've seen, and that inspires me. Um, inspiration is everywhere. I mean, I think if you're open to it, it it can be anything. Um, it sounds very philosophical, but I'm inspired by nature. I'm inspired by the cyclical nature of life and how nature so beautifully and eloquently encapsulates that, encapsulates that without saying anything. It just shows us, uh, especially living in Iowa where we have this four seasons. We see this like constant cycle of birth and, and, and death and decay. And it's, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It sounds morbid, but uh, you know, I feel connected to the earth and I feel connected to my friends. And I think those are the two things that really inspire me the most, but also everybody else out making work. I mean, I feel like we're in a renaissance of filmmaking right now. I feel like we're seeing some of the best like films, the best technical filmmaking we've ever seen. I, it blows me away. I all the time and films I watch or shots I see or stories I'm, I'm, I'm aware of. And it's easy to like get caught in, wanting to succeed yourself, but like everyone is doing such great work right now that Mm -hmm. if if you aren't inspired by it, like you should be. So I try to be inspired by as many things as possible. I know that was kind of a rambling answer. (laughs) No, that's, it just shows that, like you said, inspiration can be everywhere. I mean, on a personal level, yeah, I am just inspired by some of the most random things sometimes. Like it'll be just a little video I see online or something I see outside and I'll always find myself, you know, jotting down stuff on my notes app, like about like ideas and stuff like that. So I've, I, I completely agree with the ability to find inspiration anywhere. Basically you just have to be open and, and willing to accept that and look for it. And um, I, yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that. Um, and I think again, incredibly well put. Um, uh, so when you, so when you are like uh, finding these projects or finding these ideas or finding inspiration, uh, what is, how do you kind of filter that out? How do you kind of narrow that down into what you want to do next? I guess. 
that I think that's the hard part. Um, yeah. At least what I've been struggling with lately. Um, there's often times where I feel like I'm telling stories that aren't the right story. There's times where I feel like I, I make choices as a cinematographer or a, a gaffer or a director of photography that aren't right for what I'm doing. And that is really something that is such a learning experience in that. I don't know. I just like want to keep doing that because like making those mistakes or, or whatever you want to call them is what keeps this interesting to me. And like what keeps me coming back and knowing that like perfection is unattainable, but it's still good to strive for it. Um, it's something that really like gets me going and like keeps me focused on cinematography. But, um, Honestly, I kind of forgot what you what the question you asked. <laughs> no, <me. you're, laughs> that that happens. I mean, when you're when you yeah, when you have a lot of inspirations or or words, you know, come to mind. Uh, yeah, no, um, but no, yeah, I was just asking mostly like about how do you kind of you know filter out or decide yeah, like right. this is a project that I want to do next, or or how do you kind of focus on that, I guess, or or kind of figure out what what's next. Yes, uh, thanks for rephrasing that for me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sometimes I get flustered and forget what the question was, but, um, mm -hmm. that is something that there's a lot of factors that come into, go into like what I'm going to do next. Um, a lot of it is the people doing it. Um, and I want to expand my network and I don't want it to seem like I only work with a one group of people, but I have to like get along with the people. I have to like them because we're probably going to be around each other for a while in tight spaces, nowhere to go focused for 12 hours at a time. So the people have a lot to do with what I choose, but also, so does the story. I mean, I'm always gravitated towards story. I'm in service of the story. So if I don't connect with the story, I probably won't be interested in it. And I've, you know, gotten better this year about turning things down that just aren't right for me and being honest about that. And what's really cool about that is the response I've been getting has been awesome. People are just like, thank you so much for being honest with me. You know, keep going, keep doing what you're doing. You're really talented. Uh, thank you for your time. And I sometimes as like a Midwesterner, I think we're afraid to just like be like, no, that's not for me, but thank you. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And I yeah. put myself into scenarios and jobs or projects that maybe my heart wasn't in fully. And I really don't want to do that again. I think it's important when you're getting started to do as much as you can. And right. I'm, I'm still in that mode sort of, but I'm starting to shift and be a little bit more picky. But, um, I think practice is like very important when you first get started to like film everything. And I think that's what I hear from other well-known cinematographers is say yes to as much as you can. Cause it's all good experience. And I still keep that in mind, but also I want to be true to the story. And if it's something that doesn't really get me going and get, get me thinking and get me inspired, um, get me emotional, then it's probably something I'll pass on. So it's really about the story of the emotion and, and how, it's going to help me develop my career in my eye. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. When, especially when you talk about the idea of when you start off, yeah, you, you want to kind of do everything because you're, you're learning and that's kind of how you develop your inspirations or what kind of is part of your, you know, creation process or how you want to do things. And when you, when you get to someone of your talent level, then yeah, you, you get to be a little bit, you know, a little bit more choosy about, you know, what you want to do and, 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 and I think that's a luxury that we all kind of strive for. And I think once you work hard enough and once you do everything, I think you get to a point like that. Definitely. 
Um, yeah, I think it's, it, hard, yeah. it's hard to get there uh, and mm -hmm. I'm not there yet. Like I'm not going to like say no to a lot of things cause I think right. I'm still practicing and still learning, but I really think, like I said, just to reiterate, when you first start, like explore, explore what you like, find if you like documentaries, see if you like music videos. Um, and I think that all, they all inform each other. Like you learn the same concepts making a music video that you do with the narrative. It's just a little bit different. Exactly. The, very well put. And yeah, I think that's a great piece of advice to just anyone aspiring to be in a creative space, I think. Um, so I, yeah, I hope, I hope listeners out there are taking heed of that. And, you know, if, like I said, if you're, like you said, if you're just getting started out, you know, be, be a little bit more open. Don't be as picky, you know, kind of figure out what you want to do by kind of doing everything. I think that's a great way of putting it. Uh, and so, so on the podcast here, uh, in an attempt to kind of get a little bit more interaction and uh, a little bit more, yeah, kind of feedback from, from listeners, uh, we've been doing a little bit more things on Instagram where we're asking the audience to reach out and ask a few questions for our upcoming guests. So we had a couple questions come in this week. One of them we already kind of touched on, which was what inspires you the most in your creative work. So thank you to the listener who asked that. But we have another question here that I think that would be great to touch on is how do you get out of creative slumps? If you ever find yourself in a creative slump, how do you find yourself digging yourself out of that, I guess? Yeah, I uh, actually saw that someone had asked that and I put a little thought into that question because oh, great. <laughs> I think there's two ways that I do it. The mm -hmm. first one is like what I think is the easier way, which is just to like chill and sleep and relax and go for walks and like let yourself have that downtime and let yourself be okay with having a creative drought. I've put myself through agony sometimes when I'm not creating. And I think that's really dangerous. I think you need the time to rest, to rejuvenate, to relax. So I want, I'm not saying that that's a creative drought, but if that's what it is, like if you're feeling drained, then take that time, take that time to like refocus and replenish. But as far as like a more proactive way to get through a creative drought, um, I like free writing exercises where you just write whatever comes to mind on a piece of paper. Um, or, you know, I like doing something that's completely counterintuitive to cinematography or filmmaking. I also play hockey and lacrosse and soccer, and I find sports like physical exercise helps me like break through barriers that may be, you know, preventing me from creating my work. I think that's really something that personally has helped me out a lot. Like even just going for walks. I mean, like putting on a podcast, maybe it's unrelated to film, listening to music, um, really taking time to just like think and reflect and let your brain kind of go where it wants to, but paying attention to that being like, what am I thinking about? What, what are the things that keep coming back? What are the concepts or the, the people or the situations that I keep thinking about? Um, and also, I mean, look to your, to your collaborators, look to your friends, talk to them, tell them what's going on. Um, maybe they have something that they're working on that can get you inspired again and I think that's something that my collaborators and my friends, they've been really good at is like, if one of us has a script and we do it, then someone else steps up to the next thing. You know what I mean? And having those, having those people in that cycle all the time is really helpful because there's sometimes where I might be mentally drained, tired, not feeling creative, but someone has a great script. They hand it to me. I read it. It reinvigorates me. So having positive people as a support structure is something that really helps too. 
Yeah, I would uh, I again agree. I think that's a great point is the don't be afraid to rely on others because, you know, so much of creativity is personal. But at the same time, if you're in a creative rut or, you know, finding yourself having writer's block or whatever it may be, I yeah, I completely agree. I think, you know, before uh, we, we filmed a project here a few months ago back in, I think it was the late summer. Before that, you know, I hadn't really been creating very often or as much, but having that big group interaction, having a team to sort of rely on, I think that was one of the best creative refreshers I had in a while. And I found myself, you know, on a bit of a tear after that, you know, creatively speaking. Um, so I completely agree with that. And I, yeah, I appreciate the insight and I hope the listener that asked that, I hope you got something from that and hopefully take that to heart. And, you know, if you're in a creative rut right now, um, yeah, take, take some of the advice there. I think, um, I think we could all as creators learn a little bit from that. Um, and I had one last question I wanted to ask you. Oh, here we go. Okay. I just found it. Um, uh, but as we sort of wrap this up, um, we always kind of like to have our guests give, you know, the culmination of advice to them or would, or would you rather, um, a piece of advice that you, you know, might be the most important to you that you would give as a cinematographer, as a creator, um, to aspiring creators and cinematographers, what would you say would be the best piece of advice you could give right now? That's a really great question and a hard question. Um, <laughs> of course, but I think one thing that comes to mind a lot is to not take everything so seriously. Um, to have fun with it, to stay lighthearted, to not take anything personally, and to use your emotions. Um, what we're doing as image makers, as filmmakers, as photographers, is we're telling stories. And those stories have an emotional pull. And if you tune into that emotional pull, I think you end up telling a better story. I think you connect with your audience. And honestly, that's what it's about for me is connection. I want people to connect with the work that I'm making. And it doesn't have to be in a way that they can, you know, vocalize. It could just be something that's personal to them that they can't even necessarily speak about. But that connection is what, like, I think most of us are looking for. We're not just making stuff to, like, feel good about ourselves. It's something that most of us feel the need to do something that is a part of us, something that is inside of us. And I think often we get too technical and that technicality leads to seriousness um, and keeps us away from some of those happy mistakes that you can find if you're not so rigid. And it's good to have structure, but within that structure, find a lightheartedness, find a center for yourself where you can enjoy the process and you can smile and you can, and you can be honest and you can be emotional with the people around you. And I think that is what I'm looking for. And I think that's what ultimately creates like the best environments to tell stories is if everyone's comfortable to like be vulnerable. And so I would say be vulnerable. Don't be afraid to be vulnerable. Um, mm -hmm. Because that vulnerability is going to lead you to a lot of really interesting places. And I think we're all human and we all have these like sets of 
characteristics that we share, whether we want to or not. And I think diving deep into, into that, into what it means to be a human is what we're all doing anyway. Like whether we're filmmakers or not every day, we're like trying to figure out what this is and how to best go forward. And I think that's really beautiful. And I think that's a part of what gives me this lifelong love for, you know, existing in the world <laughs> and the people around me. It's just like, it's even the, even the sad stuff, even the bad stuff, there's like extreme beauty in it and it, there's lessons and everything. Um, and, but if you're not vulnerable, if you're not open to those things, you might miss them. I couldn't have said it better myself. I think like, as you said, that was a very beautiful thing um, and a great piece to leave off on uh before we kind of wrap this up uh i know you kind of talked about a project you're working on at the beginning is there any sort of sort of other things you have on the horizon or anything you want to promote right now that you have been working on or upcoming possibly uh yeah first of all i you know i want to say just a quick thank you to my collaborator my main collaborators marissa vaughn john hennessy baker spencer michael smith and nick ford among many others, couldn't do what I do without them. And also my partner, Amy Lotz, who's like the greatest person on earth uh, that keeps me focused and inspired all the time. But um, with those group of people, uh, one thing that we're working on is I'm writing my first feature film that I'm very excited about. Um, who knows when that will go into production, but I'm you know starting to make some real progress on that. Thanks to people that I just mentioned. They're all helping me tremendous amount. Um, and uh, we're going to be filming a couple shorts this year. Uh, one that John Hennessy Baker, I think, is writing or going to write that I'm like, I can't stop thinking about. I think it's going to be absolutely hilarious. A um, couple music videos in the work. One with an Ames artist named King Wild, who uh, is really talented. Um, we are about halfway through filming with that. Um, and then really, you know, I'm just trying to plan for the next projects. I think we're all in kind of a transition period coming out of winter. Um hopefully coming out of the pandemic soon. And uh, so really I've just been trying to lay low, focus a little bit and, and feel out what is next. So a lot of that's a mystery to be honest <laughs> right now, but the projects I do have coming up, I'm really excited about. I also am doing a film with my friend, Amanda Tate, who is an artist um, uh, working with three dancers um, in this amazing space. I can't wait to tell you more about it and show you guys it. I'll be sure to share it with you when I, when we finish it. Perfect. That's probably yeah. one of the projects I'm most excited for this year. Uh, John Hennessy Baker and Spencer are helping, helping me with that. So uh, a lot on the horizon, but also some like nice downtime to figure out, you know, where to put the energy next. That's great. Well, I, th I think I can speak for all of us and say we're all really excited to see more. And um, I'm definitely excited to dive into more of your filmography on Vimeo. I know I've watched a couple of things and been blown away by the quality and, and the great work that you do as a cinematographer. So we really appreciate you sitting down for half an hour and chatting with us. Um, really great to learn a lot, honestly, uh, from a very well-spoken person like yourself. So thank you so much uh, to Bruce James Bales for joining us here on Raisin Brand After Hours, the Pixel Labs podcast. And thank you all for those who are listening at home. And we really hope that you got some information on this, you know, some great bits of advice because I think there's a lot to have been taken away from this episode. And I uh, just want to give a huge shout out again to you for joining us. Uh, be sure to look out on the future on Instagram stories. We're going to have a couple more question polls come out soon for the next couple episodes. So if you're interested in asking a question, uh, be sure to respond to that and 
will talk about it here. Uh, we love to talk about the stuff that you guys want to talk about. So thanks again for everyone and uh, have a great week. Thank you, Tristan. Thank you, Pixel Apps. Thank you, everybody. everybody just wanted to say thank you so much for listening and be sure to subscribe to stay updated on all of our new episodes also make sure you check out our youtube channel retro neon film to see all of our creativity on display and check out our branding and marketing podcast on the feed as well and it's called raisin brand and if you'd like to be a guest on our show in the future just email podcast at thepixelab.co that's podcast at thepixelab.co thank you again and have a great week